Glory to God. Well, we've got new series, well, a summer series that we're doing uh, entitled our, our Summer Faith Series, and each message or couple of messages will have subtitles, and on Wednesday we started with a message entitled Rest. It's a faith series that we're teaching because God told me a few months back, He said, I want you to go back and lay some deeper foundation regarding faith. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. Faith is the substance of the things that you're hoping for that Fabian was talking about earlier. The substance of the things you're hoping for, the evidence of the thing that you don't see yet. How many in here want to see the thing you're believing for? Well, it takes faith to do that, but faith is the substance that creates the hope that empowers you to never quit. If, if you hear only, I, I'm, my prayer is you won't hear just one thing throughout this whole summer, and if you, if you can't make any of these messages, I'd really encourage you to go to the website. You can download or listen to them for free, and I would encourage you to go and listen to all these on faith. But if... If faith is truly the substance that we need to not quit, then the one thing that, that if, if you only got one thing through these summer months, if you'll hold on to that, you will find yourself reaping in life, and that is don't quit. Just don't quit. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Don't allow things of life to frustrate you and get you focused on other things other than God. Amen? So, as we've been in this series, um, and as we will throughout the summer, there's certain specific things that go with faith, because I'm telling you today, faith isn't enough. And I said this a couple of weeks ago. If, it, if the Bible says, through faith and patience you inherit the promises of God, then faith isn't enough. It takes perseverance, patience, endurance. You can't quit. And the two verses of Scripture that I'm, that I'm staying with, at least to this point, uh, first one's found, it, it's the last half of the 22nd verse of Matthew chapter 10. <clears throat> And it says, but he who endures to the end will be saved. He who endures to the end shall be saved. The word saved there is not just being born again. The word saved there is in, in the Greek is the word soteria. It's, it's a Greek word here um, that comes from a Hebrew word that means to be made complete. So he who endures to the end will be made complete, will receive the promise, will be empowered to prosper in advance. He who endures to the end, he'll receive all that God intended for him to receive. And you say, well, you mean like by the end of my life? No, because the end of your life doesn't, your life doesn't end here. Your life is forever. Amen? We have, a, we have a short little period of time of eternity where we're living on planet Earth. Very, very short little period of time compared to eternity. But when this life ends, per se, we don't end, we continue. We just step over into the other side. We just keep moving, keep going. Amen? Thank God for that. Amen? Thank God that we have the hope and the confidence and the assurance that this is not the only life. You, you ever heard people talk about that? You, anybody ever watched uh, series or whatever, documentaries from people on television, maybe movie stars or pro athlete or somebody that you admire or whatever, and, and they start talking about stuff and it just sounds really goofy, you know? I mean, it's like off the wall. What, 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 where'd you come up with that? And I'm thinking, well it's not goofy to them. They really believe it. But there's no hope in that. I can't tell you how many different people I've heard talk about living their life, and when this life is over, it's over. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this life is it? Huh? No, this is just, this is like, 
the preparation ground for the rest of our life. This is where there's a resistance against your faith. On the other side, there's no resistance. On this side, there's resistance. God wants us to learn to live by faith like we're going to live on the other side without resistance. He wants us to live where resistance isn't getting the best of us. To be able to do that, we have to see, and that's the title of my message today, rest. We have to see that faith is rest. Amen? Galatians 6 and verse 9 says, and we've read this, and I just, it doesn't hurt to keep reading certain verses of Scripture over and over again because of the point we're driving home. Let us not grow weary while we're doing good. Let's don't grow weary as we're developing faith, in other words. For in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Verse 9 in the Amplified says, For in due time and at the appointed season, we shall reap if we do not loosen and relax our courage and faint. We don't give up on faith and confidence and trust in God. If we don't give up on that, we're going to reap. Amen? And then last week we read out of... um, Uh, The book in the Old Testament, the book of Habakkuk in chapter 2. And in Habakkuk 2, and verse 2 it says, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. What God has for you, his purpose and his plan in your life is for an appointed time. But at the end, it will speak. And it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Ow. The vision is yet for an appointed time and at the end, it will speak. At the end after we live the life of faith. It's through faith and patience we inherit the promises. When certain things manifest, then the journey speaks. When you've been through something difficult, when you get to the end of it and you've gone through it in faith in God, it speaks. It declares what God's plan and purpose is because people that stay committed, that don't quit, they don't throw in the towel, they don't get offended, they don't let other situations and circumstances affect their life. People that don't allow that to get the best of them, they get to the end of certain things in life and certain situations, and at the end of situations in life, at the end, it speaks, and it talks about how great it is to serve God. (laughs) The vision always talks about the greatness of God because he got you through it. Can you say amen? So today I want to I talk about, I'm going to give you a couple of definitions of rest. And um, it's interesting, and I'm, I'm literally reading out of the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, and I'm, I'm going to read two different translations of rest, and I'm going to tell you which one of these is close to the rest we're talking about from the Bible. So the first, the first uh, definition, verb definition of the word uh, rest is cease work or movement in order to relax, refresh oneself, or recover strength. The synonyms are relax, take a rest, ease up, let down, slow down, unbend, unwind, recharge one's battery, be at leisure, take it easy, put one's feet up, lie down, go to bed, have to take a nap, doze, sleep, take five, take ten, take a long time, have to take a breather, catch 40 winks, Get some shut-eye, take a load off, chill out, catch some Z's. Those are the synonyms of this definition. And I'm telling you that 
Rest and sleep are not the same thing. Here's the next definition. To be placed or supported so as to stay in a specific position. To be placed or supported so as to stay in a specific position. And the synonyms, when you are, when you are placed or supported in a specific position, then you, the, the synonyms are to be placed, to be positioned, to be supported by, to lie down. catnap when you're supported and you're strengthened you can take a catnap for your natural body and it'll produce strength when you're not supported in the natural you can sleep for 24 hours and feel worse than when you went to sleep when you don't have rest in your soul You can go on vacation, and it can be the trip from hell. A lot of people are looking for a vacation, for a day off, for two weeks off, for this off, that off, when all of that's great, and we need all those things. But if that's the goal, I promise you, it's going to produce a letdown. And in many cases, it wears you out more because you're laboring to rest. Matthew chapter 11, Jesus made this statement. Matthew 11 and verse 28. We're talking about people that are positioned and supported. Those are the two words I'm using today. A person that is in rest is positioned and supported. Jesus said, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for what? Your soul. You want rest for your body, you have to have rest in your soul. Verse 30. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So today, as we get into the rest of this message, I want you to think about these two words. Hard and heavy are not God. Easy and light is God. Hard and heavy is not from God. Easy and light is from God. So, when I'm in a hard and heavy situation, that means, well, God doesn't love me, He doesn't care about me, He does nothing. Absolutely not. Hard and heavy, I'm just saying, is not from Him. It's from the world. The world is full of hard and heavy situations. Tough to deal with and tough to bear. But God said, everything with him is light and easy. So what we've been created to do, what you and I are created to do day by day, is to take some of the hard and heavy situations that we find ourselves in and tap into God by faith to find out what light and easy look like. How do you get from hard and heavy to light and easy? Light and easy are not God. I mean, light light and easier from God, hard and heavy or not. I want my life to go from hard and heavy different situations, and everybody has or will have hard and heavy situations. You've had them, you may be experiencing them now, and you will experience them in the future because the world is full of hard and heavy situations. Doesn't mean I have to receive them. Doesn't mean I have to stay in them. I can go through to the other side and, re- and begin to experience what light and easy really is. Right. Amen? Hebrews 4, <clears throat> and let's just look at a few verses of Scripture that just, I feel like, really drive this point home. 
Hebrews chapter 4, and we're just going to start reading with verse 1. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as them. So the gospel has been preached to us, and the them are the children of Israel in the wilderness. The children of Israel coming out of Egypt. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as them. But the word which they heard, they did not, it did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. For we who have believed do enter that rest. We who have believed <clears throat> enter the rest. When you're believing, when you're actively believing God for something, you are actively entering into rest because, write this down if you're taking notes, faith is rest. Faith is rest. it's rest put a quote up on social media this week that faith the wording I'm not exactly perfect but faith isn't a rush faith is a rest faith doesn't rush through things Faith is about what we learn along the way. Because if faith is rest, and they didn't enter into the promises because they weren't resting, what do you do when you don't see things happening in your life that you're believing God for, and you see other people receiving things, but it's not happening for you? What do you do? Number one, you don't quit. Number two, You don't quit staying connected to God and to faith in God and faith in His Word. Because faith produces the rest that positions you to receive from God. Verse 3 again. For we who have believed do enter that rest, as he has said, so I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. Now, There's several verses, and he talks about here disobedience and, and, and why they didn't enter into that place. But move forward to verse 8 and look at verse 8, 9, and 10. For if Joshua had given them rest, then he would not afterward have spoken of another day. Therefore, there remains therefore a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. Now, I've been saved for 40 years this year. And throughout the last 40 years of my walk with God, I've seen some people take passages of scripture, something similar to this, and do some really crazy things. Literally, I can remember a day a friend of mine came and said, uh, said hey, I, I quit my job. I said, what? I said, quit my job. Why? And he, and he read me this passage, and he read me the one I just read to you in Matthew 11, and he said, I'm ceasing from working. I'm just going to trust God. I'm going to believe God. You're not going to work. No. He said, come, watch, look at the scripture, read it. You know, we're one similar to this. Read these scriptures. What does it tell you to do? Not to work. He's, this, he's telling me that. And 
this was early on in my walk with God, and, you know, I was a little intimidated by the guy because he seemed to really know a lot. And, uh, and, and, and then he quits working, and he's just going to believe God. God's going to take care of him. And um, I'm not saying that God wouldn't tell someone to quit working, but he wanted to quit work because he was lazy. And uh, what he didn't understand was some things that the scripture talks about that have to do with working and then working. There's works and working, and then there's works and working. And the Bible here, in this verse 10 says, For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works, as God did from his. Now, let me ask you this question. We know God made everything. He did everything. And on the seventh day, he did what? He rested. Why? Because he was tired? He wasn't tired. He was finished. But he was finished with everything that he was going to do with planet Earth and mankind. He was done. Finished. And you know what? He's never left that place of rest. So he did everything, and we are to enter into the rest the same way that he entered into a rest. Did God do no works? No, absolutely. He did works for however many years. He worked in his creation. But when he was done, he said, I'm pleased with it. It's a good thing what I've done. And now I enter into a place of rest. It's like a, he entered into this home called rest. He entered into this place or this abode called rest. He entered into this mindset called rest. And what you and I have to do is enter into that place of rest and stay in the rest because nothing that is hard and heavy is God. But everything that is God is light and easy. Did it say nothing and nothing? No, it said light and easy. Didn't say there wasn't any work, but the work is light and the yoke is easy. Right? It's easy and light. It's not hard and difficult and heavy and making it happen and working overtime and and doing all that we have to do. Every one of us go through seasons of our life where we're in situations we don't really want to be in and we're laboring, we're working hard, we're trying to work out this situation and find out what to do. You know, doesn't mean you're not supposed to work in the natural. You may be going through a really difficult season where you're working a lot of hours, it's this heaviness and all this kind of thing, but God wants to take you from that place to where what you're doing isn't heavy and hard. He wants to take you from that place because nothing in life that's heavy and hard is God. But we all find ourselves in those places and we work at developing faith and a life of faith in God and along the way, things become easier and easier and easier and easier and they become lighter. Ah, I can breathe. And lighter, whew, I can breathe. Man, there's some times in my life, in my walk with God, where it felt like I, I was holding my breath. I'd catch myself. Oh, and I'd start breathing. My wife would say, what are you breathing for? I said, I don't know. I was holding my breath. I was just holding my breath like I was in some tight situations. Those aren't God's situations. That doesn't mean God wasn't in me. But there were times like that when God was leading me out of that. Listen, what God's after is internal change. We want natural change we want things changed and done and fixed and all lined up and everything good we want to be receiving all the great things of God but not make any internal changes we want it by yesterday but God says along the way you're going to make internal changes so when the natural things come the natural stuff won't change you 
God doesn't want the things to change you. He wants you to have things, but he doesn't want the things to change you. He wants you so into him and so in faith in him and so in confidence in him that when you enter into times of light and easy, you don't turn that into a time of the flesh. Man, I've seen it happen time and time again. People start prospering. Good things happen. They forget about God. All they think about is vacations and traveling the world and doing all kinds of things, and they forget about the things of God, and before you know it, they're back in the same type of situations again. God doesn't want us in those places. If you're deep in debt, it's a heaviness. But God wants to lead you out of debt, but he doesn't want to lead you out of debt to get back into debt. That's my point, whatever it is. He doesn't want to lead you out of something in life so that you can get back in it. And when you find the place of rest and confidence in God, why would you want something hard? Man, I, today, in the place of, of lightness and easiness in my life, when I look back on days where, where things were heavy, you know what? I can remember those days, some of them, like they were yesterday. Why? For my good. I want to be able, I don't want to forget those days because I don't want to forget how good it is now or things that I'm living in right now. I don't want to forget the good things today and let the good things distract me from continuing to trust and have confidence and assurance in God. And neither does God. It's not about just being healed and being out of debt or prosperous or, or not tormented in your mind. It's not just being about free of that. It's about staying out of it. And that's what rest produces. That's why you and I need it and we need to live and operate in it. Can you say amen to that? <clears throat> James chapter 4. Look at it real quick. James 4 and verse 6. There's something else, and we'll talk about it later in the, in the summer, but I want to just throw this in there. There's something else that goes with faith and rest that is a key to the two of them, the, the faith and the rest, entering into the rest by faith. But there's this component that's key to making it stick. And verse 6 says, But he gives more grace... More grace. Great grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Layman and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves. In the sight of the Lord, and He will lift you up. He will make sure. He, why? Because He watches over His Word to see His Word perform. Why? You, you know where God is? On the throne, He's sitting at the throne. Why? He's been resting. Why? Because for six days, the Bible says a day is a, day is a thousand years, so for 6,000 years, He created. He worked really hard. But He did it by faith. And when he got to the end of that, he entered into a place of rest for all of mankind so that man could step into that place of rest in the midst of hell. Amen. Midst of hell on earth, man could step into this place of rest. And God said in this verse, he said, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you high. He will make sure that everything that he had planned for you from before the foundation of the world will come to pass the reason rest is so vitally important for you to enter into that place to find it to work out there's an equation with faith and rest there's an equation there you ever work out math problems when I first got into algebra man I mean algebra and me did not mix I mean we didn't do well at all uh, algebra and I were enemies and uh but when I learned, when, I, when someone taught me how to understand the formulas and how they work, then it began to make sense. And, uh, you know, 
my lightning fast brain over time begin to understand how to put those together faith and rest don't seem like they go together when you say see when, when the bible says for us to cease from our works that doesn't make sense you have to work that out he didn't say quit your job what he said was if you want to live life where you're working or you're working with your hands and enjoying it having joy in what you're doing that's a place of rest why work with your hands and be aggravated and irritated so today you may be aggravated irritated you want out of the job that you're in or whatever it is you start by faith trusting God learning about God through his word and if he has something else for you he'll lead you out of it sometimes the frustration at where you're at is because of the attitude of your own heart and soul you need and those changes begin to be made you can actually stay where you're at and make a difference See, you can be at rest in the midst of all hell. Rest is not circumstantial. But rest has everything to do with actively humbling yourself under the mighty hand of God. Now, here's another word that, man, I tell you what, in the church, as, I, as I've lived in the church world and grown up in the church, I used to think that humility was one thing. So what I did is I made sure that I acted a certain way around certain kinds of people when I was first born again, you know, because, man, then they're going to think I'm this way or that. You know, I mean, I've got I've to act like I'm humble, you know. Well, when you have to act like you're humble, you're in pride. When you have to tell people you're humble, <laughs> I don't know, but, I mean, my definition, that's pride. See? True humility is acknowledging God's greatness. He's got the answer. He's got the plan for every situation I face. I've had these other plans, but I, get, I, need, to get, I, I need my mind renewed so I change my plans and do what he does. And when you submit yourself to God, look, look what this verse says. Look at all the things that it says. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee. Do it God's way. Tell the devil to leave and he can't stay around. That's the plan. That's what true humility is. Not only is there grace or favor from God, but to the humble, there's great grace. Now, I don't know about you. I mean, I've studied the word from one end to the other. I could give you a, a number of different definitions from my Greek lexicon Bible about what great grace is, but they can't figure it out. So it's beyond anything you can ask or think about. So... I want to find out what humility is so that great grace is following me around wherever I go and it's coming on me and overtaking me and I can't get enough of great grace. Thank God for the grace of God, but I want the great grace of God. If he said there's great grace, if he said there's grace and there's great grace, I don't know about you, I want great grace. And the only way to tap great grace is to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. You know what that actually means? I cannot be offended by anything. True humility takes absolutely no offense. None. And, I, and I, you know, man, our brains that get about this much of the word out there and this much of the world, man, the world's screaming all the time saying, you can't live that way. You've got to protect yourself. Not really. <clears throat> the Bible gives, I have seven quotes every day I speak over myself about protection. Angels of God, they encamp around about me. They protect me in all my ways. They bear me up in their hands lest anything come against me. The Bible says that the Lord goes before me. He's my rear guard. He's my left, my right. There's constant scriptures that we speak every day. God's got us covered in every way. And the more time you spend focusing on the goodness and the great grace and what true humility is and developing a life of faith in God on a regular basis, you don't have time to be offended and be concerned about protecting yourself. Why would you want to protect yourself when God's got you covered at every corner? People cannot hurt you. Man, I've learned that. Man, I wish I would have known this when I was 20 years old. Wow. Huh? People can't hurt me. And I can love them to the grave. I can love them. No matter what. 
Wow, how, how freeing that is. But at the same time, at the same time, I can love people to the grave, but man, I can look at you eyeball to eyeball and speak the truth to you and tell you the way it is because I love you. I'm not mad. I used to tell people what I thought was the truth, but I was mad. There's no humility in that. See, you're trying to, you're working at getting your point across. When you're angry, you do not correct. What I found out is, a lot of times the things that I was angry about where other people were concerned were things that had to do with stuff that wasn't right in me. You get your soul right, man, you're really clear. Actually, you can sit there and tell somebody something, and, and as a pastor, I can bring a, cor a corrective word to somebody, and it's almost like I spanked them, and they liked it. I don't know, I mean, I don't spank anybody. I'm saying, you know what I'm saying. It's like the word that I brought was a spanking, but they liked it. That's, that's what God does. And in fact, anything that I bring in the form of correction is at the end of after God saying, now, now I, I tried to get things over to them. You know, God's saying this to me. I tried to say this, do this, whatever. Now I want you to bring the word of correction. So, it, so if I bring it, I'm just bringing it because God said. It's not I built it up in my mind and they need to change and they need to get right. and they get, Man, you work and labor and work and labor and try to figure it all out and man, you screw it up. Right? We screw it up. Big time. When all we got to do is enter into that place of rest where it's light and easy. I'm I, you know what? That almost sounds too good to be true. Yeah, Pastor, you don't know where. I know. You're, you're probably, you know, if you're saying something like that and thinking something like that, it's because you're in a hard and difficult situation. But it's not God. God didn't bring you to that place. Here, let me lead you by my spirit into this place, uh, this thing you can't even carry. Uh, he wouldn't lead you into that place. He's taking you from that place into a place that's light and easy. There's a scripture that says, I say this on a regular basis. I live and I move and I have my being in him. I live and I move and I have my being in him. Amen? Because in him, <laughs> that's where it's at. It's the hope of the world. The hope Fabian was talking about earlier, that hope in us is the hope of the world. The world has no hope unless you and I, by faith, have a hope that other people can gravitate to and are like magnets to. They're drawn to it. That's the hope of the world. It's, it, it, the people, are, people are not going to believe in Jesus if you and I don't believe in Jesus. We're here to save the whole world one person at a time. But they won't believe in Jesus if we don't believe in Jesus. It has to. That's why, why do you think it's taken so long for this whole process to work? And I tell you what, we're living in the greatest times the church has ever seen. It's the greatest times of the kingdom ever. People are beginning to believe God. People that you thought would never believe God, they're believing God because people that you thought would never believe God are believing God and causing the people, other people you thought would never believe God to believe God because those other people that you thought wouldn't believe God start believing God. Well, I got tons of friends on Facebook that I grew up with. This is my 40-year high school uh, reunion. And so we got a website, and they're typing all this stuff in, trying to get everybody to come and do all this kind of stuff. You know? And I mean, I can't tell you how many people, you're a pastor? <laughs> Go figure. <clears throat> you're a pastor? You know, that, that kind of thing. So they never thought, but the fact that they never thought I could be, and, and they never thought they would be, maybe they will be because of me. And I've had a number of people that their lives are touched and changed just as a result of, you know, instant messaging. Everybody said, thank God for instant messaging. Amen? I guess. First Timothy, and I'm almost done. Chapter 6. First Timothy 6. And verse 10. He said, For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, 
for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But you, O man of God, flee from these things and pursue righteousness and godliness and faith and love and patience and gentleness. And you can put everything else in there, you know, all the things of God, rest, hope. Verse 12, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life to which you were called and have confessed a good confession in the presence of many witnesses. He said, fight the good fight of faith. Our fight is not people. Our fight is not countries, governments, or anything else. Our fight is the fight of faith. Because if you grow in faith and you enter into the rest, your life changes, and then potentially the rest of the world changes because God has somebody that he can send to the world and, and the, you realize the world starts with your next-door neighbor. He can send you to the world, and the world will change. He said, so, verse 10, he said, the love of money. Did he say money? No. He said the love of it is the roots to all evil. All the evil of the world is the love of money. Now watch verse 17. Command those... <clears throat> who want to be rich in this present age. Is that what it said? No. He said, command those who are rich. Everybody say, I'm rich. Okay? So, rich is relative. Right? I don't know about you, but I declare I'm rich by faith in God, and I'm becoming, this is bad English, but I'm becoming richer. Richer. I'm becoming more rich, and more rich, and more rich all the time, he said, so instruct those, talking about me, who are rich in this present age, not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in who? Trust in the living God, who gives us richly, wow, there's a bunch of riches in there. He said, command those who are rich, not to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who gives us richly all things to enjoy. He wants you to be rich, but with what? Enjoyment. I don't know about you, but the more I've looked and I've studied, rest and joy go like this. Rest and joy are like this. When you're not at rest, when you're not, when you're not in joy, you're not in rest. When you're not in rest, you're not joyful. So if you're not, if you're not enjoying life and the things that God is doing, then it's probably not increasing. And God wants it to increase. But how does that happen? By going after the living God. By trusting in the living God. By developing a life of faith in God and trust in God. And allowing yourself to cease from working and trying to make something happen. But knowing the God who empowers you to prosper in everything that you set your hand to, so what you do, it prospers because he's leading you to what you're doing. Some of you sitting in it today, you have visions and dreams, but there's been some things that had to be worked out internally, so when the dream came to a place of fulfillment, you were ready to handle what, was, what, what you could step into. Listen, God has protected so many people by not giving them what they wanted through the years, I can't even tell you. I know there are things in my life that I didn't get when I wanted it at certain times because I wasn't ready to handle it. It's not a bad thing. If you don't quit, you'll get it if you'll keep growing in God. Trust in the living God who richly supplies you with all things to enjoy. Verse 18, let them do good that they be rich in good works, ready to give and willing to share storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come that they may lay hold of eternal life, not stuff. That they may lay hold of eternal life, not lay hold of stuff. Now watch what he said here. And I, and I got one other verse in, and I'll end with this. Let them do good, be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up. Ready to give, willing to share, storing up. Ready to give, willing to share, storing up. That's like giving it all away. Ready to give, willing to share, storing up. God's kingdom is you want to store up for the future because, hey, 
does anybody in here 100% really know what's coming in the future in the United States of America? I mean, if we just stopped the service right now and spent the next hour and we just passed the microphone around and listened and gave, everybody gave their opinions about what you think based on, you know, public news and, and what, what's out there today, man, I mean, by the end of the day, we could all be in such fear, you know, we'd go and get in our cars and go home and lock our doors and not come out. Right? Nobody knows. But I know. You know, where you know what my future is? It's rich. <laughs> you know why? Because I'm ready to give and willing to share. My wife and I have always been ready to give. Well, you know, over a little bit of time. We were, she was always, it took me a little more, it took me a little longer. I was raised in New Mexico. It took us a little longer to get it there. anyway I know what my future is it's rich and see rich is relative you're saying so so what you're a millionaire I'm not I'm not basing it on how much stuff I have I'm rich in every way God meets my needs all the time God's always seen me through every situation I'm protected cared for all the promises of God are coming on me and overtaking me because I'm willing to give and ready to share Storing up for myself a good foundation against what is to come, which I'm not sure what it is, but whatever come, God already been there. I'm just staying connected to him as I have that hope, as Fabian said, that hope that wherever I'm at, God's taking me to a greater place. Can you say amen? Storing up for yourselves a good foundation for the time to come that you may lay hold of eternal life. Amen? <clears throat> but he would give us all things richly to enjoy. And I'll end with this. Matthew 6 and verse 33, and I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. God created you to enjoy life. And, and, And I'm not just saying that. God created you to enjoy life. Humility humbles yourself you 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 you. notice the bible doesn't say god will humble you it says you humble yourself humble yourself under the mighty hand of god he will exalt you right and in that humility you cannot humble yourself if you're not in faith so you're developing faith and as you're developing faith you're entering into that place of rest that nothing can touch you nothing and in that place of rest is the fullness. In the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. And Matthew 6, and in this passage, it's talking about the things of the world. Don't be upset and worried and fretful. How are you going to pay this? How are you going to do this? How are you going to eat? How are you going to, where are you going to live? What are you going to do this? How are you going to pay this bill and this thing and that thing? And all the pressure that gets on us as a result of life. In verse 33, in the Amplified, it says this, but seek, aim at, and strive after, first of all, his, his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right. And all these things taken together will be given you besides. Seek, aim at, strive after, first of all, his kingdom and righteousness and the way, his way of doing and being right. And all of these things, all the other things that we think we labor and work hard at to try to receive, all of those things will come to us in the right time, at the right day, and in the right situation. Can you say amen? You know what? I said that was my last scripture. Just listen to this. I'm just going to read this to you. John 10, you can go back and look at it. John 10 and verse 10, and I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. It says this. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that that you may have and enjoy life. I came that you might have and enjoy life. I came that you might have and enjoy life. I came, Jesus is saying this, I came that you might have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full until it overflows. That's John 10, 10 in the Amplified. I'm going to say it again. I came, Jesus said, that you may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full until it overflows. In the name of Jesus. Amen? today I'm speaking and declaring over you 
that the joy of the Lord is your strength. Actually, everybody in the house, if you would just stand for a moment. And then I'm going to speak to specific people, but I want everybody standing. But if you feel like you are in or have been in a hard, heavy situation in life, maybe several hard and heavy situations, God didn't intend you to stay in hard and heavy. He, he wants to lead you to light and easy. Today, I'm declaring that the life that he intended you to live and enjoy, you'll do it through his strength and through faith in who he is. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Just begin to lift the, your hands to the Lord right now, everybody in the house. And if it's you, if that's you, you lift your hands to God and thank him for the strength to overcome and to find that place of rest. Just begin to thank him right now in the house. Everybody worship him. <clears throat> I declare today that you are people that walk by faith and not by what you see. You walk by faith and not by sight in the name of Jesus. The joy of the Lord is your strength. <clears throat> and as you walk by faith and not by what you see, I have this picture of you walking into that place of rest. No more laboring. No more frustration from day to day. When you give in to the frustration, when you give in to the heaviness, going to God, repenting, asking God to forgive you. Lord, I for, forgive me for allowing this pressure to stay on me today. I thank you. You are my strength. I'm coming to you. I'm submitting myself to you. I will not let things affect me. And I declare today, you have the power and the strength in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father.